Before we kick this show off, let's hear a word from our sponsors. Under Pressure Outdoors is brought to you in part by Hasmore Outdoor Products. Hasmore Outdoor Products manufactures quality replacement seats for a multitude of climber brands as well as a host of other products built with the hunter in mind. Take it from us. Your butt will thank you and you'll be able to spend more hours in your stand. Hop over to their website by clicking on the link in the podcast description and order the tree stand trick out kit for your stand today and you'll have everything you need to hunt longer and harder. Make sure you use code UPO15 at checkout to get 15% off your next order. I'm your host, Will Krebs, and this is the Under Pressure Outdoors Podcast. Oh, so I'm going to try this chicken cock real quick. It's a whiskey, by the way, not a... Sure, yeah. sure. Yeah, you tell yourself that, Jordan. It's pretty good. Yeah? It's not bad. You want to try it? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a pretty sweet getup you guys got there. Where is that? Oh, my gosh. This is William's garage, man. Yeah. Really? Yes, it is. So we uh, we ended up framing in all of this. This wall here used to just be a sound curtain, and I got a bunch of lumber out of a dumpster at work. And we framed up this wall and then bought all the drywall and shit. And then just slowly bought all this other stuff and this is all framed it all in. Tongue and groove and then down here, I don't know if you can tell, but this is all this tin roof around the Hell bottom yeah. of the wall. I mean it looks awesome. And then we've it's, got you here in the back of the studio. You're actually up on a, a television TV, in the top yeah. corner with a GoPro mounted on the bottom of the screen so that when we look at the T V it you it looks as if we're looking at you. Although we're just oh, looking okay. at the TV. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Put a lot of thought into it. Yeah. So, Josh. Yeah, I mean, it looks... Yeah, what's up? I'm excited for these fucking uh, calls here. Save, save it. Don't don't go ripping no. into it just oh, yet. Oh, God, I'm excited. It's been sitting in my house for a week. I'm sure it has. Jeez. But we got to talk. Well, <clears throat> I hope it works out. I mean, some of them... I did a couple different ones. You know, I did a wood duck call, a couple... I think I did two double reads. One of them's acrylic and then a, a single read. Uh, they're pretty. I mean, I'm happy with them. The people I've sold to, they're happy with them. So it's kind of nice. Awesome. What the? How the heck did you get into uh, making calls? Well, it got to the point to where I was tired of paying. I look at my, you know, my lanyard, and I got three hundred dollars worth of duck calls. I'm like, I'm tired of spending money. I might as well just make them myself. Hmm. So. Because half the time when you get a call, it's not even tuned right. You got to tune it yeah. to how you know how you blow everything. Period. So when I tune them, I tune them exactly the way that I like them. And if people want to change them, I mean, if you don't know how to tune a duck call, you better start learning. Because if you can't <laughs> tune it the right way, you're gonna have a problem. Yeah. I'm sure there's plenty of YouTube videos out there on that. If, if, if there's, I mean, there's YouTube videos on everything these days. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, reads will always shift too. You know, during right. the season, how often you're blowing on them. So. Get a little piece it depends on what you put the call there. itself through too throughout the season. <laughs> yeah, so exactly. Get a little piece of chewing tobacco stuck under there or whatever. Yeah. Is that is that what you're doing when you're tuning a call? Is you're moving that read read around on that soundboard? Uh, I'll move it. I'll cut it. Um, 
half the time, most of the inserts that I get, uh, I just buy offline. They're already made because I don't have the jig. Like a jig just to make, I started making my own trying to without a jig, but a jig's like 200 bucks just to buy a jig to form Jeez. them and cut them to the right slot, you know? So I basically just buy them somewhat pre-made and then I tune them myself and do my different changes to them, open up the bore if I need to a little bit. How, but, how, how hard would it be to make a jig? Probably not that hard. I mean, I would just have to make the cast for it. But then if you're making a cast, you're basically making the, the jig anyways. Yeah. You know? So you might so, as well buy it at that point, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so before so, we get yeah. any further, I want to go ahead and introduce everybody. Oh, yeah. I'm your host, Will Krebs, and I got Jordan in here with me. I'm here. Let's get it. We got Briar. Hey, y'all. And uh, we've got Josh. Coming in via Zoom. Hat Hattendorf. Hey, that's pretty damn good. Yep, that's it. All right. I, I was afraid. You, you know how many times I've read it? D-O-R-F. <laughs> and still my brain says Ford. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's why. Hattie's why Game Calls. Sh- that's right. I just yeah. go short with Hattie. Yeah, I don't blame you. <laughs> so how do you yeah. say it? Hattendorf. Hattendorf. Okay. That's all right. I got yeah, it. I'm not bad. You did not good. Um. And we're here to talk, I mean, duck hunting and duck calls and building duck calls, which is something very interesting. It's, yeah. it's something that's always intrigued me, man, because it's, it's always something that I've always purchased grunt calls and uh, duck calls and whatever kind of game calls I need. But <clears throat> somewhere along the line, somebody has to design it and make it in order for it to be a product that you purchase. Right. And you just took that into your own hands and said, screw it. I'm yeah, going for I it. mean, I just... I looked at it and I was like, I bet I could probably do that. And I, uh, I got the first call behind me. So it, it ain't going nowhere because it looks so bad. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see it. But, uh, but how does uh, it, how does it sound? See. Is the question. Well, it don't sound too good either. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna grab it for us here real quick. So Josh also actually sent us some duck calls, and we're going to get into those here in a little bit and out of this box. And absolutely, uh, by all means, please do not take the noises which we make with these calls that Josh has given us as a sales pitch for his product. Yeah. <laughs> all right, because I'm sure Josh is far more capable of making them sound a whole lot better than we are. Oh, yeah. Hey, it's, it's different. I mean, you can sort of see it, but it's... Um... Oh. oh, dude, that looks good. Yeah. What do you mean it looks bad? Well, when you got to carve it three different times to try to get it the right way, but it's kind of cool, you know. I mean, I, I can honestly say that I'm the most thankful I am is for the veteran group. You know, any vets that are around are just—they're not even duck hunters, goose hunters, nothing. No waterfowl. They don't even hunt. Period. I'll buy a call. All right, all right, cool. What do you want? Yeah. And I tell them. I try to make them feel confident, like hey, you know, I could probably do it if you if you show me a picture of exactly what you want and then they'll show me a picture and I'll go through three, four different pieces of wood to get it perfect. Cause I'm not going to send them something they don't like, you know? <laughs> right. But it's just nice to, it, it's the learning curve. I mean, even those that y- y'all are going to have, they're not going to be perfect, but hopefully one day they'll be perfect. You know? Hey, you know what? Yeah. It, it beats the crap out of the, uh, the old. It's better plastic. than going to Bass Pro Shop and buying some, Crap exactly. Or, yeah. I, I would rather have, even if, even if it costs more money, I would almost rather spend money on a product somebody made in a garage, right down the road, 
than something made from China. Well, you think about think about there this. There it now. is, right there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the uh, I have a a dang it's a Haydell's maybe it's a Haydell's it's a it's a wood duck squeal, just a Z, and I got it. I was like, hey, this is gonna be good. It's a freaking plastic tube with a dog toy squeaker in the end. Yeah, it is. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> it works, <clears throat> but you can't quite get that that the right Z out of it. It really it sounds like a dog squeaker. Because yeah, they're mass so just, produced. Yeah. Yeah. I just recently started waiting. I mean, I think y'all have. Actually, yeah. The one that's in that box is the first wood duck call I've ever made. Uh, so I thought that would be cool, especially Florida. I mean, there are wood ducks everywhere. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The, on, the only issue I have with it is I couldn't get it to turn over to hit that last part of that reed to where it hits that high squeal when they're sitting. Um hmm. But if you cup your hand real hard, you blow enough air, you'll get it to pop over a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot you! I'm excited for it, man. So how did you how did you learn to make duck calls? I stood right here in a lathe for a couple hours, so I tried to figure it out. So you're just that all self taught then? Everything. I did. I did. I wa- I might have watched one or two videos just to get an understanding of honestly the tools that they're using not how they're doing it. So I've got, I went and bought like some carbide tip tools, right. tools. Um, but I really have three, three tools that I use. It's a square tip, a circle tip, and then a, a diamond tip or a triangle tip, whatever they call it. Um, it was a shot in the dark, man. Honestly, I looked at my wife and I said, I'm gonna go make some duck calls <laughs> after I bought the lathe. Of course, she didn't know I bought the lathe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She knows now, um, but I think that's that's a big thing too. Is right having having that uh, that in your body. Just say, I could probably do that. Give it a shot. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. I can sell all the tools, but I enjoy doing this more than I enjoy doing anything at this point. Um, it's I have no creative part in my body to do this stuff. You know. Um, but I just winged it, and they started looking good, and people were like, damn, that that actually looks pretty good. Well, I'm going to try acrylic now, and that's a whole different story. Yeah. Holy now, smokes. Are you turning the acrylic on the lathe, too, like you would a wood yeah. call? Is there... Same exact way. Okay. you got to turn the RPM speed down on the lathe to get it right, because if not, then you're just chucking. You're just throwing chucks out of the, uh, the acrylic. acrylic. You're not you know, cutting it. You're chunk taking chunks out at that point. Yeah, so you're not really fine-tuning it. You're just taking chunks out of it. And if you don't get that RPM right, man, I probably ruined $150 worth of acrylic just trying to figure out exactly the way it needs to go. <laughs> so so do you have a particular type of wood you like to make calls from? or? So I started off doing, um, doing just normal like walnut. Um, I ordered a couple from different companies just to try it out. I just recently, I had a, I had a guy that I worked with out in Japan. He he wanted, he's like, I want a duck and a goose call. I've never duck hunted or goose call or goose hunted a day in my life, but I want a black wooden duck call. I'm like, is, is that even possible? I don't even know if they make wood like that. Uh, so I had to do my research. So I ordered some African black wood and it's on its way here, but I'm doing just any wood that's around I'm really turning it, honestly. I went out to the beach and cut some uh, little cypress knees off the ground. 
and they're drying right now because being from florida right it's cypress everywhere yeah so it's cypress looks great if you turn it right so i'm trying to get you know i'm trying to get the best bang for the buck at this point and it's just you're paying a lot though for woods but i mean especially nowadays right you know especially exotic woods right coca bolo um i'm sure that african blackwood wasn't cheap (laughs) <laughs> that's what i bought a long piece of it because if i <laughs> the longer you the longer the piece you buy i just use a table saw behind me and cut it to the length i need right and then i'll I, then i'll turn it that way i'm buying i'm buying from just about everywhere just to see what would i actually like you know yeah but again it's also on what people want you know some people want certain colors and you gotta buy yeah you know, i'm like okay you gotta give me time to try to find it now uh, i see them crazy like i've seen the wood well i know it's a wood laminate when i see it It, it'll have like the green grain and like a lime green grain on a on look on what looks like a a gray stained piece of wood yep uh but have you i just don't feel like that would turn well maybe there's a piece of wood designed specifically for turning like that but i know there's go ahead there's one there's one in that box right there is there? Yeah, that that it's like a some type of pressed plywood that is pressed together. Yeah. The different colors. Yeah. There's either one or there's two in there. I'm not sure. Should we go ahead I and open I, this thing? Jordan's about to cry if I don't let him open this yeah. box. Well, I mean, he's talking about stuff that's in it. We can't even we ain't even seen what's in it yet. Go ahead, open it up. I got it open for you so you can. I gotta move my whiskey out of the way here. All right. Oh, damn, the duck calls are in bags. Ah, he got you. <laughs> I know, he did, didn't he? <laughs> They're labeled, too, so you, yeah. you figure it out. Oh, some of those oh, sweet hats. hats, too. I'm taking this tan one. I don't care whatever y'all have after, outside of that. Oh, thanks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're welcome. I'll take that tan one. <laughs> I'll take that tan one. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right. We'll go, we'll go to the gray and the blue. All right, I guess I get black and white. No, there's yeah, there's a there. green one there too. Oh, another gray. color. No, All one. right, man. I'll set them right here. All right, all right, boys. We want to each want to open one of these a piece or something. Yeah. I know Jim's not here, but yeah, give me the wood duck call. Okay. And, uh, oh, you want to use something you're familiar with, huh? Absolutely. Camo <laughs> wood duck. All right. Let's see here, yeah. Briar, you want? Uh, Let's get Briar the double read. Oh, give me the double read. Okay. Like I stated earlier, the sounds that we emit after we open these bags are not considered a sales pitch for Hattie's game (laughs) calls. Oh, wow. That's beautiful. Especially if any of these are uh, Mallard, you can guarantee that we're not. uh... All right. I find this funny that I just talked to you about this wood and the the wood duck call applaud here is exactly what I was talking about. (laughs) <laughs> yeah it looks good Same though here. man yeah it does look really man good. these are awesome man i don't even yeah, know those... when i'll uh ever use a mallard call but it's going on the landing well yeah. when y'all come up here you'll be using them oh bro don't That's let me just a natural i mean look at that all right who, who wants to go first you go ahead <laughs> <laughs> let me back up all this mic a little bit hold on we still got a green acrylic here too we ain't open that one yet yeah go ahead and open it up so we can look at it That breaks over way, way easier than the one I already have. 
Like that getting is, to that last that last note that that super high pitch, you know, that you got to turn over. That's the hard part. I can't get that. I bet with a little practice, I could get it to Zeke. Son, look at that. Because it, it actually turns over. It, it turns over easier than I thought it was going to when you were telling me uh, past oh, that nice. real high pitch to get in that. that yeah. yeah. So how do you do the center of these things here, Josh? You just use a a, a bit on the yeah, lathe. Yeah. So it's <clears throat> yeah. So there's a little there's a drill bit in that sits on the end, and the, most of them are five eighths. Now when I make a goose a goose call, those inserts are seven eighths. So you got to board out, put it on the lathe, turn it, and then you got to put it all the way on the end. And then go through with a seven eighths call about an inch down to get that insert perfect. All right, I'm about to. Uh, you go give it a shot first. I don't know. I'd rather you do it, so I don't sound like complete hell. You're going to so you sound like a yourself. fool regardless. Yeah, I know, but at least I'm not going to be the first one to sound like a fool. Move the microphone away a little bit. Get way far <laughs> away from it. Might want to turn all of them all down real quick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, I don't know how I did, but I guess all right. I mean, it's fairly easy <laughs> to blow. Uh, that you is didn't, pretty you didn't easy chatter worth a shit, but I can't no, chatter worth a shit either. I can't so. get it. I, can't, can I don't know. But shit. we don't have to here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess we'll have to learn if we're going to go hunt with Josh, huh? Well, you know what these are great for when we're, we go hunt the marsh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a dirt bike just went past? Yeah, I think it was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that sounds good, though, man. I like that. So Yeah, they're not too bad. I prefer single reeds over double reeds. Which one? Just which? That's a, that's a double reed. I have the double reed. So okay. what, what's the difference? Explain to me the difference in a single reed versus double reed. I wish I could tell you. Uh, <laughs> so what, a lot of people, when they blow them, a lot of people like the double reeds because it's easier to break over and to, when you're giving that chuckle, um, but I just like the way a single reed blows easier because I'm not having to worry about fluctuating my tongue to make that break. Right. I'm doing that all by myself with a single reed. Um, you know, I, I, some people just really like a double reed. Uh, I got my son, he blows a double reed. Um, he's only nine, so he's still learning, but he's got, I mean, his mom hates us because we'll just be sitting in the house <laughs> blowing on a call. I mean, less than an hour ago, that's what I was doing in the in the house, and she was not happy with me. But my uh, my six year old son, he goes to town, just straight ham on that. Uh, what's it, what's the the duck commander wood duck call? Mm. Oh yeah, yeah. He's got one of those, and he's he's actually he can break it over and make a good sound if he would just keep his cadence right. Yeah, but he's only six. So can't fault him for that. I'll tell you a funny story real quick about that, and it kind of relates back to duck hunting. I was bringing him back from vacation Bible school a few weeks ago, and uh, we're sitting in the car, and he says, Dad, I know what I want for Christmas. I said, okay, what do you want? He says, I want a shotgun. I, I said, uh, buddy, I don't know that your mom was going to let me buy you a shotgun for Christmas. And he says, well, that's okay. I'll just ask Grandpa. <laughs> little does he know mama's quite all right with it so he may be getting himself a nice little break action 410 for christmas there you go that's exactly what i bought my son for uh up here in north carolina it was youth turkey season youth turkey week was like the week before opening season i was like man i know them turkeys i know exactly where they're at 
I know where they're going to be and what time they're coming out because I got them on camera. So I told I told my wife, I was like, okay, we're going to run up to the pawn shop real quick. What, what are you going for? I got to buy some browns for dove season <laughs> this year. <laughs> okay. I go up, buy them a, buy them a break, 410, single shot, take them out in the woods, and we're sitting there, and the – the crazy thing is you can't find four ten rounds to save your life. No. So I had to get on Max Prairie Wings and order some turkey loads. And, of course, I pay $60 for five rounds of tungsten because that's all they got. Oof. <laughs> so take them out there, and the turkeys are, like, 40 yards away. Not happening. Next weekend I went out. I said, hey, do you want to go? He's like, no. I, I'm, I was getting tired out there because I can't move. Like, all right. No problem. So what do I take instead of the 12 gauge? Four or 10, because I just paid $60 for five turkey rounds. Yeah. And I smoked that fool. He was 10 inch beard and one and a half inch spurs. Yeah. Shoot, yeah. 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 Dude, Dude, I like hunting with those smaller caliber shotguns sometimes. But those those 410s now, man, the way they make them, they're, they're making the deck. What's that turkey assassin that Stevens, Stevens makes? It's got a daggum choke in it, shooting for the tungsten rounds that'll group it like. It's shooting like a four-inch pattern at 40 or 50 yards. Jesus. I'm like, God dang, dang man. So, Let's some not... of those turkey loads are crazy. Yeah. I'm like, good Lord, why don't we just shoot a large-bore rifle for crying out loud? That's sucker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're basically shooting a cut shell at that point. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I found a loophole in Georgia's uh, turkey laws that says you can hunt turkeys with a shotgun you had hunt them, you know, it gives all your specifics and shot size and all that. And for a shotgun, it says, or a muzzleloader. <laughs> Not, or a muzzleloading shotgun, or a muzzleloader. And I was like, all right, bet. I'm shooting a one-inch group, so 100 yards. Let's go, baby. <laughs> <laughs> he won't come in? No problem. Yeah, yeah, that's Mine how it is now. out here, too. On base during deer season, you can either shoot a shotgun or a muzzleloader. You can't shoot a rifle on base. That's how, But that's, those fit... That's the way it was when I was stationed loaders, it. Yeah. Go ahead. Those 50 cal muzzle loaders do some damage. So, dude, there's actually... Who was it that makes uh, that bolt-action uh, slug gun? Savage. Savage? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> dude, they're, they're Savage, that bolt-action slug gun that Savage makes is putting some rounds downrange. 20 gauge. Yeah. Extremely accurately. Bolt-action. Bolt action. Yep. That's crazy. <clears throat> so it's a Savage uh, A20 or something like that? They're S20. really not bad priced either, about man. They're 600 like 600 bucks. bucks. It costs the same as any other Savage rifle would cost, but it holds four rounds of 20-gauge slug in a rifled barrel, um, and it's designed to shoot uh, Savited slugs for 20-gauge, and it'll shoot accurately out to like 250 yards. Yeah. Oh, 250 yeah. yards with a slug? Yeah. Yeah. Goodness. Now, so quite contrary to popular belief, you get a whole lot more distance and accuracy out of a 20-gauge than you do out of a 12-gauge slug. Oh, I believe that. Uh, because you're using about the same amount of powder, but you're pushing a lot smaller of a bullet, a lot lighter bullet, so it's getting a lot more speed out of it. That's interesting. Now, I hunted with a 12-gauge slug gun for quite a few years when I was stationed at Fort Campbell because, like you said, at that time, all we were allowed to use was a shotgun, a muzzleloader, or a bow. Right. So I bow hunted sometimes, and then I'd hunt my slug gun the rest of the time. And then, uh, but I wasn't getting, I didn't like taking shots over 75 yards with that gun. And 75 yards was stretching it. 
with that. And that was, I was shooting a slug barrel, a, a rifled slug barrel with a scope on it. I they can, have you guys going out in the ranges, like non-active ranges or? No, we hunted on the training areas, in just open training areas. Oh, okay. Because, I mean, it, you're in the Marines, correct? Yeah. The yeah. Army bases are huge. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so when I talk about a training area, like when they open a training area, they would put, that's like a thousand acres it, or a couple thousand, yeah, 40 or 50 guys, you know, 20 or well, about 20 or 30 guys in a, in a, like a 4,000 acre training area. And there will be, I don't know, 10 or 15 of those open over the weekend, a little less during the I, weeks, but I was hunting and I was hunting Fort Stewart from time to time when I was stationed in Beaufort, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. There were some there were some good deer down there too. I was stationed at Fort Stewart for a few years, and I actually never hunted the base. But I had a nine hundred acre lease uh, that was in Ludowisi. Oh, okay. We hunted there, but uh, didn't kill deer there either. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but Fort Stewart is the biggest base this side of the Mississippi, east of the Mississippi. Fort Stewart is absolutely huge. It is Giant insane Mormons. how big it is. Um. Fort Campbell's pretty big, but nowhere near the size of, of Fort Stewart. But the deer on Fort Campbell up there straddling the Kentucky-Tennessee border, more like 70% of the bases in Tennessee, the other 30% is in Kentucky. Um, but the deer up there now, holy cow. Studs. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, well, I, it, you just Google, just Google Fort Campbell buck hit by a car. The first one that pops up. That guy got hit by a car coming in gate 10. And he was in a huntable training area where he got hit. <laughs> it's an absolute giant. I mean, Put it I, this way. It put the lady in the ICU. For three days. Whew. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. He was a straight stud. She was driving like a Honda Civic, totaled the car, put her in the ICU. Yeah. But uh, it, was, it was a straight – he's a straight stud. And there's more deer out there like that. I shot a 13-point uh, with my 12-gauge on Fort Campbell. Um, I missed a 12 point that would have scored much higher than that 13 point with my bow at 30 yards. I shot a nice eight point with my bow, which is sitting over here in the back of the back corner. It's underneath the TV. So you can't see it. Um, I guess that's the only really the only buck I killed up there, but one of the bucks we had on camera. So I hunted on the base for the first few years I was there. And then I was lucky enough to meet a gentleman who had 90 acres of private property. It was about 45 minutes from the base. And we had an absolute stud on camera there, too. Uh, but he got poached in the middle of the night. So, that yeah, sucks. Yeah, I just, I just got onto a 1,600-acre lease right here off base because I was tired of not being able to use a rifle. Right. Um, but you can't beat a 1,600-acre lease with about 30 guys who actually hunt for $425 a year. No. no shoot no no <laughs> i wasn't no. letting that get away no yeah. not at all yeah so well Especially i mean how'd you end up out here how'd you end up sea duck hunting up there you just lucked into some people and now hang on hang on hang on how did you first before we get into that how did you get into duck hunting in general so i probably started i think the first time i was in a blind i was probably six years old and i was welcomed by Florida rain for about three hours, and I was with my dad. Josh, and you're then, originally from Melbourne, correct? 
That's right. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I was born and raised in Palm Bay, Florida, which is the same area. And then we moved to West Melbourne, and I lived there until I was 18, and then I left, or 19, and then I left for the Marine Corps. Um, but I hunted every single season with my dad, my uncle, and my grandpa. And it's really all I've ever done, right? I was never really a big deer hunter growing up. I was just always in the pigs and ducks. Because in Florida, deer are dogs with antlers at that <laughs> point, you know? So, um, then I just started traveling, you know, just because of the Marine Corps. Went over to Japan for my first tour, and we were, I'm a firefighter in the Marine Corps, so we're always on the airfield. So there's this thing called bash, where basically they're in charge of getting rid of all the birds on the airfield. And I had this gunny come to me, and he goes, hey, the civilians aren't here, and there's ducks in the airfield. I was like, well, let's go. <laughs> what are you waiting on? <laughs> they weren't ducks. They were coots. <laughs> I still ate them. I'll eat everything. It don't matter to me. Eurasian teal. That's right. Yeah. So we probably smoked 10, 15 coot in like two, three minutes. They were just sitting and they just kept coming back because they're coots, right? I mean, <laughs> they're not the smartest animal, you know. Um, and then I went to California. I did some duck hunting up there, the Western Flyway, and that was phenomenal. Birds I've never seen in my life, you know, got to actually shoot a cinnamon teal, which was crazy. Dang. And then uh, after that, I went to South Carolina. I duck hunted my whole time there. And then I went to, back to Japan. I was in Okinawa, and I didn't get to – there was no hunting out there. You know, you can't have a knife bigger than three inches. So hunting was horrible. Fishing was phenomenal because there's no fishing laws. So you could – you and your buddies go out on a boat, $150 a person, and you're catching tuna all day, every day with no limits. I mean, Jeez, fish in the freezer. Lord. Just done. I mean, I think one day we caught between the, I think there was four or five of us, we caught like 23 tuna. And it don't matter. Like, it's going in the box, huh? It doesn't matter what size. There's no rules. No it's slot. Just, if Pull it's it in up, the throw boot, it in the box. If, if it's in the boat, you're eating it, period. <laughs> now, what do you think What do you think about the Western Flyway, or the Pacific Flyway? You know, that's the only flyway where you can kill seven ducks. Yeah, so it was interesting. I, I did a lot of the hunting on base in, like, small creeks or small ponds. Um, I didn't really leave the base because Camp Pendleton is so big that you could get everything you wanted. Um, I wish I, I, that was when my son was born while I was there, so that kind of slowed the process down, you know, first kid. Understand. But other than, other than that, man, it was just you wouldn't leave a blind without a, without a limit. It was crazy. Jesus. You guys ever shoot any? So I went actually went to Texas a couple years ago, and ended up shooting a Pacific Brant in Texas, which was kind of hey. I mean, he shouldn't have been there. No, he shouldn't have been there. No, <laughs> no. Do you guys shoot any stuff like that out there? No, not really. I mean, it was my buddy called me one time on a Saturday, and he sent me a picture. He was like, "This is not a mallard." He shot a model duck in California. Jeez. That, that was, sucker was I, lost. I was like, "Hey, we're, we're, what trip did we take? We're drunk when we got on the flyway here. What are we doing?" Well, Mexican um, Mexican duck looks almost identical to a model duck. Yeah, the Mexican yeah. black duck. Yeah, yeah, they were. I mean, it was normal. It was mostly just teal, you know, because the the waterways weren't super big. I mean, you were really just hunting small creeks and really small ponds. 
So you were really just shooting. I mean, you get divers, right? We got blue bills and we got ringers and all that. But most of the time it was just teal. And But we would explode on blue bills if they came in. Right. Did you have uh, your first? Did you have your first Boykin there in California with you, or? No, I got him in South Carolina. Um, that makes sense. My, yeah, we sure. were down in Florida, and a guy down the road, uh, he's an old retired Navy chief, and he has a Boykin. And my uncle was getting ready. He was like, "Hey, I got a lab. You can just take him with you. He's too much for me." I was like, "Well, perfect. He's already trained everything." My wife goes, "I'm not having a hundred pound lab in the house." <laughs> That's understandable, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she goes, all right, well, I want a Boykin. I was like, man, I don't want a Boykin. I don't even know what this dang thing is. Like, what what are we doing? And then once we got him, it was just, I could not believe how easy it was to train that dog. Like, just great, great They just dog. take to Never it so stopped. fast. It's crazy. Like, they're so quick on the learn. And so after that, when we left Japan and our, our dog passed away, we got back here. I was like, man, I need a dog. You know, I'm going to be waterfowl hunting up here. I need a dog. I was like, well, I'm not ready yet. And then she texts me like 10 minutes later. I found a dog. I found one. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, what are you talking about? She goes, call him. Here's his phone number. So I called him and the, his dad's like a six time grand champion and he's got a great bloodline. So I was like, all right, let's do it drove up and got him and now he's here and i've just been training this dog like crazy for the past he's not even a year old yet Jeez. he's gonna be a, he'll be a year in october i've already got him force fetched oh, everything awesome. yeah that's so, awesome so this will be his first season yeah this so will be his first season he's gonna yeah. make he's gonna make bell look like crap if yeah. i take bell to north carolina yeah. <laughs> I, I ain't taking liberty she'll sit there and whine the whole time uh, that's that's oh, it, yeah Briar's it's not lab. a small boat. Yeah. Is that your boat? Yeah, so I bought a 18 and a half foot boat with a 120 on the back. It's just a fiberglass hole. It's called a Wahoo. Yeah. It's basically a knockoff of a Boston Whaler, but there's so much room on that thing. Like, it's going to be crazy. Did you buy it green or did you paint it green? I bought it green. I don't think the guy honestly knew what he had, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> like perfect diver rig. I mean, I got a John boat right here in the driveway that hopefully is selling tomorrow. And I got the other boat because, you, I mean, you could hunt the creeks out here, no problem. And it's just full of wood ducks, full of wood ducks and mallards. Jeez. And mm. we, I mean, that was my first season last year. And I hunted one creek the whole, the whole year, just kept moving up and down the creek. And I mean, one morning you can, sh I, I shot uh, three wood ducks and a mallard in 30 minutes, and I was done. I can't shoot anymore after that. Jeez. So, mm. but these sea ducks are a different animal. Oh, so you had piles on that thing, son. So I don't know that we yeah. covered this yet, but we are going up there this year to hunt with, with Josh for some sea ducks. Yeah, that's right. How how are we doing that out of this boat that you speak oh, of? It's, it's probably the easiest thing you've ever seen. So... <laughs> A lot of these guys up here use scissor blinds with like two by sixes. They yeah. put them in the ground and they and the, on the water they anchor them, and then they put pine trees like cut pine trees all the way around it. But sea ducks, or I mean, it makes a coot look like Einstein. <laughs> like, 
we had birds come in. We shot at them. We dropped two of them. There were two more. They flew or they flew around the boat and came right back down to land in the exact same spot. Oh man! <laughs> so it's like it's so, like shooting a bunch of black bellies. So guess how's what I say? It sounds like whistlers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> The trick is, though, bring the cheapest steel shot you can find because if you don't kill them right then and there, they're diving so quick that we won't find them. <laughs> so, so what's what, but why the cheap shot? Because you're going to shoot a lot. Because uh, you're going to shoot three shots even on one bird because they don't die easy either. I guess mm. I need, I guess I need to go and I need to, well, I got to look next week. I still got to find some more rounds for my rifle. I'm going to find a place to stock up. Yeah, I'll let yeah. you know what I find. I know I've seen some around. We'll keep an eye out for each other. We can do other hunts too, because there's the Noose River is the main river that most people hunt up here, and all the cutouts that go out off of it. Everybody hunts those, but you got to have a big boat to hunt the Pamlico, because you're basically in the ocean at that point. So, so where are you at? Hunt. Where are you at, North Carolina? So I'm in Havelock, North Carolina. Okay, go ahead. So. I'm, right on the coast um but we can hunt we could do a sea duck hunt and the thing about sea ducks which is crazy is they don't stop flying so you get to the boat ramp at five you may not get back to the boat ramp till three o'clock in the afternoon yeah i was gonna is... say <clears throat> i hunted some this year on the gulf coast and it was like they flew for a little bit and then you stopped and about the time you thought oh, i should probably pack up decoys they were just started coming in like crazy again yeah, they're flying everywhere, and everybody just hunts long lines and rafts. And I mean, I actually just got done painting some sea scoters. I got about two hundred decoys for a hundred bucks from a guy because he was getting ready to leave. <laughs> Give them to me. Give them yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> so I just been repainting those and putting them on long lines and getting ready because we'll probably hunt four long lines of probably you know eighteen birds on each long line and then a raft with about twenty five. So Briar's got to get ready to throw out. decoys and pick them up. Oh, yeah. So it's, <laughs> well, I'm the only one throwing decoys here. It don't matter. You don't have to throw them. It's drop an anchor and pack the boat yeah. up and drop another anchor. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> so it looks like we'd be going about nine and a half hours, which is going to translate to more like ten and a half after we stop to pee and eat and everything else. Yeah. I'm saying if we don't go and hunt for, at a minimum, three days. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. One day to travel, three days well, two days day to travel, travel three, yeah. yeah two days, days to travel, so. three days to hunt. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's good fishing up here, too. So if you guys want to do a cast and blast or something, we can do that, too. Don't tempt me with a good time. No kidding. Hey, I'm yeah. going to send you guys home with some meat. Now, a lot of people don't eat sea ducks. Like I said, if I kill it, I'm eating it. Uh, oh, so, I yeah. agree. Look, oh, we, <laughs> have, we had merganser at Thanksgiving last year. Yeah. We have a moorhen fry every year, all right? So yeah. I love moorhen. I do, too. That's oh, good meat. Oh, man. I'll tell you what, though. The smell of a sea duck is like a pig you just shot hanging that you're washing off. There ain't nothing. Good. There is nothing that a week's worth of buttermilk can't fix. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Uh, you cannot change my mind. <laughs> I'm pretty sure if you soaked a turd in buttermilk long enough, <laughs> it'd come out tasting pretty dang good. That's right. <laughs> you going to try it? No. <laughs> but I may unknowingly like a, feed it to you. It's just like a crock pot. You can put cardboard in a crock pot. It'll taste good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you throw enough broth and other crap in there with it. Yeah. It's going to taste great. 
best dang piece of cardboard you ever ate. Yeah. <laughs> Shoot, Jim, uh, our other co-host is not here tonight. We talk about it all the time, but he's still in his sabbatical. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Jim fed us crow one night. Didn't tell what it's, didn't oh, tell man. us what it was. Just fed us some crows. Like, hey guys, try this. Me and we made it. Like, dude, that is, that's awesome. What no, is that? No, here's he's the like, thing. No, here's the thing. So, to preface what you're about to say, he, we'd been eating antelope, and he was like, like American antelope, speed goat, and uh, he's like, here, try some of this. And I was like, man, that's really good. Is that more antelope? He says, no, that's crow. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Excuse me. Like it is. Have you a, guys- delicious delicious red meat oh yeah now granted he did have it in some uh whiskey cream sauce oh yeah that was that was there too but but still just the meat gosh. itself was dude i've been trying to wax crows ever since no kidding people over here telling you to eat crow i'm like brother by all means pile them on me i'll yeah. clean them up and put them in the freezer <laughs> yeah there's uh you ever had bear meat yeah i have in a stew I've it's, not. It's I've good. Yeah. Bears, bears, pretty good. You guys got a bear season I'm, up there? It's yeah, North Carolina, of course they do. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, and the good thing is they they just started building this big bypass that's from a major city above us. It's supposed to go all the way to this island that we have out here. It's like a big uh, visitor area or whatever. So they're pushing all these bear out of their natural habitat, and I'm talking. There's pictures now of bears in full grown neighborhoods where. I mean, they're cutting through probably tens of thousands of the Crotan National, like the forest. And hmm. these bears have nowhere to go. I'm just hoping, because they are right next to my lease, so I'm just hoping there's bears coming in there soon. <laughs> <laughs> now you go back you go back a while on the uh, Under Pressure Outdoors Nation, Nation page and look at that dang bear I saw while I was at work a few weeks ago. Right here in Central Florida. It's right in, in Sorrento. Eustace. He's been to Lake He was County in Sorrento. Here. Oh, he's in Sorrento. Jeez. Yeah. So he was in Lake County, barely, but he was an absolute brute, man. Absolute brute. And the photos yeah. I take with the, that are close up, I wasn't zoomed in. He was that far from my truck. Wow. I have so, to go find that picture. Yeah. He was just a toad. In the eighties, in the eighties in Florida, didn't they open up that the bear season? So there Dude, was a bear, a bear season, season back in the day, and there was a bear season in two thousand and. 15? Maybe. Something like that. Yeah, they, it was open for like a weekend. It was open yeah. for like a, like 36 hours. Yeah. yeah. Before they filled their quota. And then my personal opinion on that is that it was open that way. It was open the way it was to make it look like mass a murder. A slaughter, yeah. Yeah. Make it look like a slaughter. It was just a free-for-all. You want to go hunt a bear? Go hunt bears. Woohoo! They uh, sold a tag to anybody who would buy one. Yeah. And it was fairly cheap, was it not? It's 150 bucks, so I mean, that's if you really cheap. want 100 bear, yeah, that's fairly yeah. cheap. And they had a limit of like 300 bears, and they actually closed out season over their limit because they killed so many bears so fast. And that quick, huh? Yeah, 36 yeah. hours. Dang, that's Done. crazy. They'd have been uh, a lot better off set it up like the gator tags, where it's a lottery. Yeah. And- well, now that is the way it's set up. So we technically have a bear season in Florida. Uh, we just don't have a bag limit. Um, and we have bear management units set up across the state, just like you have the gator the gator management unit set up. Right. So they will open up different criteria for each. According to the bear management plan, they would open up different criteria for each bear management unit. And then 
issue tags on a lottery basis accordingly. Now, is that going to happen this year, next year, in the next five years? I would love to see it happen, but it's probably not going to happen. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's, uh, it's very political. Uh, bears have been anthropomorphized, uh, meaning that people have given the an animal human emotions. Uh, and they're just charismatic megafauna. Everybody thinks they're soft and cuddly, but I, I challenge you, that, that photo of that bear, go give him a hug. <laughs> See how that works out for you. <laughs> just go there and try and give him a little pat-pat. That is not head. Yogi. Yeah. No. Uh, He's going to have a little bit more in your picnic basket. You try to do that. Yeah, so I know when bear season opens here in North Carolina, on base, you're not supposed to shoot a bear. And I was sitting in a stand about, you know, 40 feet up, and this bear came to the bottom of my tree i was like oh um, this is not gonna work out well not gonna happen <laughs> i instantly picked up my phone and called the game warden while i was yelling like get away get away get away i called the game warden this bear runs off he said hey you know you can actually shoot that bear if you're checked out for deer hunting and it's bear season like oh that yeah that's cool to know now yeah i would have yeah. had, had that thing as a jacket walking around it, my house in underwear, you know? In the freezer. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to go on a bear hunt. But using his head oh, yeah. as a hood. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's a lot of uh a lot of things that I mean I, I grew up primarily hunting white tailed deer. And I really didn't get into duck hunting until shoot after you twenty eighteen. I think the first time I went duck hunting with Maybe. you, I took that that wood shotgun that had, uh, Carson had got me for Christmas. So that would be 2017. Are you sure that duck hunt in Florida wasn't pre-Carson? It was. I said 2017. Oh, it was okay. Christmas 2017. We were down yeah. here um, with the whole family. Yeah. I mean, it was pregnant with Carson, but Carson hadn't been born yet. Yeah. So 2017, and she was born in 2018. Um, and then that ne- that following season was when I started duck hunting with AJ in Georgia after I started okay. with Jordan down here. And then you came in later that season and yeah. hunted with me up there. Yeah, 2017 makes sense because that's right after I got my tracker and I still have we were hunting out of my tracker at that point. Yep. Yep. So that was the first duck hunt I went on with you. and the first, Well, I had been on a duck hunt prior to that, <clears throat> not even remotely successful. Um, and it was like we saw some ducks fly down this creek one time and then no we didn't not that day Uh, but when when uh, when we went we actually saw ducks and shot at ducks and uh, I killed a wood duck one of those hunts so and that just kind of I caught the bug there and it's been I've been going ever since every year ever since and uh, every year I get a a little bit more into it uh, and I'm trying to I want to diversify the things I hunt, but gradually as I make more money, because if I try to dive full in into all this, that's right. Uh, my wife will have me hung out here in the studio from the rafters ahead, oh, overhead. That's, I was telling William earlier. I think this is probably our the our biggest hunting season for us so far. We don't even have a deer lease in Georgia anymore, and we'll probably do more deer hunting. We'll do more hunting period this year, and we've. Shoot, we we've had opportunities. We're coming to hunt with you. We got some waterfowl permits put in in Georgia that we'll hopefully get. Uh, we're looking at possibly being able to go to Texas to hunt some waterfowl, and we got what both? Do you draw any permits for Florida, Bar? No, 
No, I think me did and you, William. Did you put in for permits in Florida? Nope. Yeah, I didn't think so. Okay, yeah. Uh, me and William drew a bunch of permits each for Florida. So I was like, dude, we got a busy hunting season ahead of us. I'll tell you one thing that's that's really cool up here is we have a tundra swan permit. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. that's sick. Yeah. I forgot about that. So last year I put in for it and I didn't get it, but you put in as a team and you basically get, if everybody in your team didn't get pulled, then you get numbers, right? You get, you get points. So this year I'm really hoping to get a tundra swan. And down here there's a, a decoy festival where it's all wood carving. Like you got real old school guys down there hand carving wood decoys. And uh, there was a swan hanging up in one of the rooms. And she looked at me and I looked at her and I said, you know, if I get one, it's going on the wall. She's like, yeah, I figured I had no, no choice in that matter. <laughs> and, and before my wife and I even got serious, I told her, I said, look, I'm going to tell you right now, however long we're in this relationship, we will not be together during duck season. It just ain't going to happen. <laughs> a, we covered that not too long ago on yeah. the podcast. But yeah. I was going to say, the, the girl I'm seeing now, she already knows. She's like, I guess I'm just going to pick up. She works at the hospital. She's like, I guess I'm just going to pick up a bunch of shifts during hunting season because I'll probably never see you. Pretty much. Like, yeah, because yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll be gone. I'll be, I'll be either deer hunting or, or uh, duck hunting. Might as well. Every single weekend. Yeah, I told my wife when we were dating, I said, uh, you know, hunting season's coming, and uh, if and I'm not going to be around a lot. Um, if you got a problem with that, uh, Brad Paisley's got a song. It goes a little bit of something like, well, I'm going to miss her. <laughs> and uh, we've been married for 10 years now, but shoot, the first almost five years we were married, we didn't have kids. So I would go out. I was hunting every single weekend of deer season. And I hit it at one point. I was like, she said, what are you doing this weekend? I said, well, I'm figuring I'm going to stay home and hang out with you. She said, why? What's wrong? <laughs> She said, why? I said, well, because I've been gone, you know, every week for the past month and a half. I just figured I'd stay home and hang out. She's like, yeah, why? And I'm like, all right, well, I guess I'm going to the woods then. <laughs> well, I'm not going to ask that question twice. Yeah. 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 But uh, now, you know, I got, I have two kids, my, my son and my daughter, six and three, and I take my son all the time, and I was just talking to him, you know, they were sitting at the dinner table the other night, and I said to my daughter, I said, you ready to go to the woods this year and go hunting with daddy? And she says, yeah. And my son says, no. I said, why not? And he says, she's going to be too loud. And I said, and you think you're not? (laughs) (laughs) Well, where am I going to hunt? We're never going to see any deer if she's in the tree stand with us. She's going to make too much noise. I said, boy, you can hunt with me and she can hunt with grandpa or she can hunt with me and you can hunt with grandpa. But he he is like, a, yeah. He's not for it. Yeah. Like he doesn't whine yeah. in the duck blind already. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, I had to go and buy one of those invisible blinds where 270 degrees you can see everything, but nothing can see in. Yeah, I I couldn't keep that boy to sit still for 30 minutes. He's just looking <laughs> at me. You know the Dad, two. The, there's nothing here. Yeah, I know there's nothing here, man, because you're making all this darn noise. Right now, there ain't nothing here. <laughs> the uh, the three deer I've killed my son in the deer stand with me have been because I let him sleep in until 7, 7.30 in the morning, and then we wandered to the closest stand from camp. Instead of waking him up first thing in the morning trying to get out there before daylight, last year I shot two in the same hunt, and uh, 
he was actually asleep and I walked outside and I didn't realize Jordan had gone duck hunting that morning. So I walk outside and I hear, bow, 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 bow. I'm like, God dang. I said, I walked inside and said, boy, get out of bed. We got to get to the woods. D- listen, deer don't, moving. don't start yelling bow, bow like people think I got more than three shots in my shotgun. I was just I paused. <laughs> <laughs> I, I paused He's over there. here sounding like enough I got a, a full tube. Yeah. I paused long enough for a quick reload. But he was shooting often enough. I was like, man, them deer are moving. So I got him up out of bed. We went down there, and we weren't in the stand oh, maybe 10 minutes, and I shot a doe. 15 minutes later, a little buck walked out, and I shot that one. He was just tickled pink. And then we had to go. Jordan helped me track does, and then we took Bell to get all his ducks. He shot a limited limit of wood ducks, and dang, I shot two deer. Yeah. So it was a it was quite a quite a great, literally the last day of deer season. Yeah. 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 I, t- I actually took the dog, not that we needed her, because it was a, a very clear... I mean, it looked like somebody had dumped blood wherever that buck ran. But I took her and actually blood-trailed that buck with her. With the boy? <clears throat> yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah, I've never trained her or anything. She's gone after, what, three deer now? Yeah. Not uh, that she was ever needed, but she's yeah. getting the practice, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I've only put her on deer that I knew I could blood trail myself, but she's gone straight to him every time. That's pretty impressive, honestly. Yeah. I put I her on a... I put her on that buck and then carried her down to the flooded timber that we were in and threw her in the water and she retrieved all the ducks I shot too. I shot three wood ducks yeah. and a merganser. Did they change the laws down there or anything where you can use uh live game birds for retriever training? No, I don't know. No. I got some frozen ones that I probably need to use. Yeah. Yeah. Up here, you can use live birds. And uh, there's a guy up here who runs Country Road Retrievers, and he's an old vet guy. And he offered on, like, a a Facebook page. He said, hey, if any of my, you know, any vets or active duty guys want to get their dogs trained, you know, I'm going to be coming out and doing this. I was like, well, I'm going. (laughs) Yeah. Done. 100%. That's free training. I'm going no matter what. So I take him out there. The dog's about – this is probably – month and a half two months ago so he's like six months and he has those bird launchers out there you know he hits his call pops this bird all the way up in the air and hits down they're all dead dog goes out and gets him just fine and i was like okay whatever i'm doing is working right he goes all right i'm gonna put him on a live bird let's see what happens i was like you're gonna do what (laughs) (laughs) he goes well i got live birds in the truck that were that i use because He's a certified trainer or whatever. He's done all the paperwork. So all they do is tie their feet together and then clip a couple wings. He sends this bird. I mean, it's <laughs> – I was like, man, I feel kind of messed up for that bird. But he puts him in the same little blow-up thing that goes out. Launches it. Just launches <laughs> this bird. And I'm. it's just a whop, whop. I mean, it's flapping its wings. It ain't going nowhere but down. And that bird hits the ground so hard. I sent. I sent Willie off. That's his name. I sent Willie off to go get that bird. The trainer looks at me and he goes, if that dog brings back that live bird the first time, you're going to have a good duck dog. He did, but he grabbed him full head in the mouth. So <laughs> <laughs> The dog's running back. and he, I looked at him. I was like, I don't know if you're going to have a live bird after this one because his whole head's in there. He drops that bird down, and I was just so impressed. Like, I can't believe that dog has never seen a live bird in its life. He's six months old, and he had no problem picking him up. Dang. His problem's going to be goose season this year. Yeah, <laughs> dude, those things are mean. 
That's my, next month. So yeah. we'll see. My dog's retrieved a, a lot, uh, wounded, crippled wood duck. Brought it back to me alive. <clears throat> Dude, I, <laughs> I spent, That's I was in the, uh, last July I was up in the panhandle. And I was just kind of walking the beach at night. And uh, yeah, I, just, I was just kind of letting Belle roam the beach or whatever. And she come running back to me. I was like, what the hell does this dog have in her mouth? She gets back to me. She's got a seagull in her mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, goodness, she found a dead seagull. So I get her to like, I, I put my hand out for her to drop it. And she drops it. And the thing starts freaking out. And I'm like, oh my God, she's got a live seagull. In her mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how the hell she had caught a seagull, but she was happy that she had brought it back to me. She says, here, dad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've never ran this. I mean, first time having this dog this year, it's going to be his first season. So I don't know how he's going to do with the long lines in the water because that's just you drop one anchor, you just start dropping decoys back that are on a one single line, you know? Yeah. Now, if you shoot a bird out there, the dog's going to swim right through it. I'm just thinking, and I hope that dog keeps his head up because it's, be, it's going to be interesting. <laughs> you know? Have you ever taken the dog somewhere to, to train swim, swimming through that? No, I haven't. Um, that might actually, be a good like, idea to do. It probably would be if I, I, I have the the places on base I can do it. I'm probably I'm probably gonna do it because I haven't even thought about that. Yeah, if you so, just take it out there and do like just throw a few bumpers and let them swim through it. Yeah. Is it now that you mention it? <laughs> yeah, that's probably gonna happen this weekend. <laughs> I have a couple buddies. I got a guy who's getting ready to leave. He uh, he's PCS and going to a different duty station. So <clears> December. I think it's early December. It's like the 5th through the 8th. I found an Airbnb up here for six guys, and it was for four days. It was 70 bucks a night. I'm like, jeez, oh, I can't beat that. Dang yeah. God. Yeah, that's, so that's the beauty of the time of year we're coming there because those people are planning on you being there in the summertime for the beach, and they're like, oh, my God, you want right. to rent my Airbnb in December? Absolutely. I'll give it yeah. to you cheap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was, I think it said it was like $105 a night. That's what it costs. Yeah, dude, that, that's, that's not bad at all. Dang. And it's the thing, the thing about it for being here, like at my house, the boat ramp to get to where we need to go without driving the boat 30 miles is about an hour away. Yeah. So that's why I told those guys, I was like, let's just get an Airbnb. It's cheaper than paying for fuel every single day. And we're away from the wives. It's just the guys. It's just so much easier. You get, so, the, you get the duck camp feel. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I told him everything, any, anything we don't catch or kill, we ain't eating. So you guys better be on your game. <laughs> <laughs> now you want a, you want a uh, a good trip where you got to eat what you catch or kill. You need to come down next year and do it, join us for the Swanee River trip. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah. You, is that a, a good is, one. is that like a mud boat trip? Is that what? No, you sir. That's no. a that's a, fi- a fifty a five day fifty mile canoe trip, and we stay on the Holy banks of the Swanee smokes. every night. But you're going downstream too, so it's it's not like people are like fifty miles. So in a canoe. let me it's let me really go ahead and clarify bad. this. Day one, uh, and I think I think I want to run the same the same route again next year, maybe a little yeah. different. But if we ran the same route we did last year, day one is like twelve or thirteen miles, so you actually have to paddle some of that, um, but not a whole lot. Day two is like seven miles. You can literally float the entire way. All you have to do is paddle to keep yourself straight in the river. Day three, same way. Day four, dang near the same way. And then the last day, you can either, well, you can either choose on day four to go past the day the day four camp and paddle some, and then float the morning of day five to meet the pickup time, or you can 
paddle the next morning the 10 miles to the pickup area. Is uh, that you're hunting and fishing the whole way, or is it? You're, you're just, just fishing the whole way. Uh, fishing oh, okay. and swimming in, in the, God, so many springs on the side of the Swanee River. Yeah. Uh, fishing, we drank a little bit swimming. of beer too. Right yeah, there. just a little bit of beer. Uh, <laughs> hang on, grab that bottle right there. Which one? Tin the cup. Tin, tin cup. Tin cup. The, the chicken cock. Ten yeah. minutes. Yeah. Ten minutes. That entire thing was gone. Killed that whole bottle in ten minutes. Ten minutes. That's impressive. Now there was a raft of about seven canoes and roughly twelve, 12 guys. Yeah. yeah. That. Passed that, passed that around until it was gone. Like peeled the label off, peeled the plastic back, <laughs> opened it, and just gone like that. Uh, Sounds like a good time. It was it was a lot of fun. We we had a really 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 good time, and I I think everybody that went has been trying to find a way to get back on the river as soon as possible. Yeah. Uh, I had a buddy actually drive down from Fort Bragg and join us and he was like dude i'll be here every year no matter where i'm at i will if i'm in germany i'll fly back and do this <laughs> because what, it, when is it uh we usually run it in may yeah late okay. i think this year was it may there's yeah, a second may. weekend of may this year <clears throat> i think next year we may be looking at doing it the third or yeah it depends weekend. on you know like we're obviously not gonna be going on mother's day weekend but right. running it in may works out well because school's still in so you don't have to fight the boy scouts for camp spots and i say you camp on the riverbank but uh see the first night we stayed in a river camp which are these like elevated screened in platforms with a ceiling fan you can charge your phone you can take a shower you can use an actual bathroom the second night we picked up guys for the 30 mile trip at um, lafayette blue spring state park and we stayed in cabins there and then the third night we were in a river camp again again with running water screened in porches all that all the fancy stuff same for the fourth night unless you paddle past and yeah, sleep we on the river chose bank. to paddle past and sleep on the river bank but that was that was probably my favorite night though yeah just sleeping directly on the bank we climbed up a steep embankment made our fire and cooked a buttload of fish and venison sausage that we had in the cooler and drank a few beers and slept in the hammocks that sounds like a good time all it's do a, is jam up it's an absolute blast might as well just count me in yeah you're, <laughs> yeah i think i think if you if you wanted to stay if you did the 50 mile and you stayed in the cabin the second night it cost you a total of like 80 bucks oh that's not bad at all and that's paying for the the uh guy to pick you up at the end and bring you back to your vehicle where we started and, and paying cabin. cabin, yeah. yeah. Splitting the cabin. <clears throat> so it, it was it was a lot of fun. And you get to do a lot of swimming and all the pretty springs and rope swings and everything else and catch a mess of daggum bluegill. Do we call some big old dang speck, too? On beetle spins. Yeah. That's the one thing I do miss about Florida is all them panfish. Yeah. Because oh, up we... here, it's just the speck aren't like they are down there. Hmm. But just ain't as know. big or not plentiful. Just not as many, you know. You you catch some big ones. You get back in the small creeks, but it's not. I mean, I like me being from you know Brevard County. We just go off the St. Johns and get to the closest dam that's out there and fish right off the dam, you right. know, right next yeah. to the, any of the poles. Yeah, and you, you you can't stop pulling them up. Yeah. <laughs> so you put a live minnow on there. You're coming up with a bigger fish every time. Out here, it's just not like that. So uh, if you if you got TikTok, you should 
look at look at on TikTok. We made I made a really awesome video because we had some warthogs fly over. Was that the first day that happened? The warthogs went over. Second day, I think. First or second day, they came second over day. real low. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe 200, 300 feet off the ground. There's nothing better than an A ten. It was. <laughs> So we were lucky enough that there was a pair, which I, I figured there would be. The first one came to, I told Jordan, I said, get your phone out. There's going to be another one. And he came in behind <laughs> it. And we got the second one on video. And, uh, the first one was way better though. Yeah, Cause he, he like, he like came down lower and just banked hard along the edge of the river. Yeah. He turned it all the way on the side where you could see the dude in the cockpit as he was coming That's down awesome. the river. Uh, but we didn't get him on video cause he surprised us. <clears throat> but the second guy, I definitely got him on video, and you used to get a lot of photos and stuff from the trip. And it's just, it is the ultimate, like, battery recharge for an outdoorsman. It, it, yeah, that's a lot. I did that a lot when I was in South Carolina during duck season. I was driving five hours down to Florida every weekend, and I would drop my wife off, say hi to the in-laws, and then I was gone for the whole weekend duck hunting. You know, grab my brother-in-law, and we would be just sleeping out on the dikes in a, in a tent and then waking up in the morning, putting the boat in the water and duck hunting. Yeah. There's no better feeling. You know, if you're like a true outdoorsman, and there's some people that say, you know, like, I would rather see the marsh wake up on a Sunday morning than getting dressed in my best because I'd know I'm, I'd know what I'm seeing working right there in front of me. Yeah. Right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 100%. You know? I'd rather be in the woods every Sunday. It's a, uh, it's a lot more, a lot more peace in the, in, in a lot of times it, it can be a lot less judgment. The only thing that is judging me are the ducks that I miss. Well, <laughs> uh, now that you got a dog, uh, it's gonna get a lot worse. The dog you does it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Liberty will let you know that she's not happy <clears throat> that you missed them ducks. So it was funny. Uh, Briar has a black lab, Liberty, and we took her up at the end of duck season last year to hunt on the some nice little flooded timber we had on a deer lease we had in Georgia. Great wood duck hole. First day, didn't really see a lot of ducks. Liberty was whining the whole time. <laughs> oh, yeah. And my dad was like, why don't you just leave the dog? Leave the dogs at the camp, blah, 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 blah. We took them anyway. Well, the next morning, we were laying into them. Liberty did not make a sound. Not a peep. Yeah, and he's like, well, he complimented you on how how, yeah. how good she was, yeah. Yeah, as long as you're killing ducks, she's good. If you're not killing ducks, she's not real happy. <laughs> she lets you know real quick. Oh, yeah. She, she's like a little kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. she is, literally. <laughs> she's happy as long as there's action. If it's nothing, yeah. she she's ready to work. Yeah. Oh, so that was the same way with, with Belly when she was making noise. Mm-hmm. But, but then we started shooting. She bobbing and weaving, <laughs> like looking through the trees, like, all right. Man, I put I put Liberty on the stand, on the dog stand. It was so cold that morning. I, we carried the dogs out. There was ice after they ice. retrieved. There was ice on the dogs yeah. everywhere, and so I carried her out to put her on her dog stand. <laughs> and this was the first morning, and that's when it started, because you can hear him, you know, that little tweet, and you can hear him coming through the trees. Ah, oh, man, that dog starts. Get her on the, that dog stand, and she knows she's hunting. She's looking everywhere, head turning, ready. And then the first wood duck sounds off, and here she goes, starts whining. <laughs> you, can, you can see you can see a lot of that video. Uh, Florida Boy Outfitters, Hunter Rotarius yeah. went with us up there and filmed a lot of that and put it on YouTube. Um, That's pretty cool. And it was, dude, it was an absolute blast. But 
like they were saying, it was <clears throat> 17 or 18 degrees in the morning. Yeah, we need to see uh, how you feel about if we can get Hunter up there with us, Hunter filming our sea duck hunt. I don't mind it. Is, yeah. It's going to be the four, it's going to be all four of y'all, right? Uh, most likely. Yeah. yeah. So it might be all four of us, and if we can get Hunter to come, Hunter will bring his camera gear. I just bought a new camera too, so. Yeah, I don't mind at all, and it's a tri hole too, so it's this. You're basically standing on concrete. Okay. <laughs> so you'll be so, you'll be good. So we're gonna be in the boat. We're not gonna yeah. be like in layouts or anything. Uh, I don't have any layout boats. Um, I've never hunted out of a layout boat, but if I get the chance to find some before then, then I might be able to drop some off. But those layout these layout boats out here, they ain't cheap. Oh yeah, oh, I could imagine. Dude, they're not even cheap here. I could imagine they ain't nowhere. Because I mean, a lot of guys use them out here. Yeah. You know, they they drive their big boat out. They'll drop off two hunters, and whatever. Um, this is my first season doing it myself, all by okay. myself. So, I was smart enough, and might have, when I went last year, might have dropped a couple pins on my phone <laughs> while I was standing there. Uh, you know, and I'm mm. not. If they're trying to make a living, I'm not going to be where they want to be. So, uh, um, but that's also a bit different out here too, because there's so much water and there's so many birds. Yeah. So, so we'll be able to move around. And even if the sea duck hunt isn't going, I mean, the guy I went with last year, he said, I'm a guide, not God. So don't count on it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're still, they're was, still animals, man. Yeah. They're going to do whatever they want. It's do. a wild yeah. migratory bird. They can be here one day and gone the next. Yeah, so I'll be out. There. I mean, of course, I'm going to be out there scouting. I told Jordan to shoot me whenever you guys get a, a good date for y'all. Whenever you want to come up, we'll figure it out to... after the podcast. We'll all, we'll all talk and okay. once we stop recording, we'll talk and figure something out. Yeah, yeah, because once I can do that, I can I can lock on and move some dates around for some other guys. Because I I'm no guide by any means. I'm no captain. Nothing. I just like taking guys out to show them, like half those guys that I'm taking out in the first week of December, they've never duck hunted a day in their lives. Yeah. So I'm just like trying to get guys to understand, hey, this is here, man. Instead of being in your house, you know, at five o'clock in the morning sleeping, you can be out here shooting ducks before the sun even comes up. Yeah, yeah. that's that's a whole huge like R3. You know, you're, like, you're recruiting new people into the end of the sport. Yeah. I got two guys this year, their first birds and the... You can't, you can't change the smile on their faces when yeah. they realize, like, oh shit, I did that. Yeah. Oh, hundred you know? percent, dude. I, mean, I love, I love. I mean, that's been a huge thing about the podcast in general. Period. Just trying to get new people out there because, like you said, whether it be a duck or a squirrel or something, just to see somebody kill their first, like take their first harvest, and how excited somebody gets. God, I almost get just excited for them as they get. Oh man, the the youth hunt. Oh, I, I'm not gonna go in what much in detail. Yeah, but he had but fun I mean, it, though, it right? Was, it was a great time either way. I I think he pulled the trigger that day more than he ever had all season. Yeah, I took those guys. I have a I have a rule in my boat, and somebody I can't remember who it was, but I kept it forever. If I take somebody hunting and they've never killed something, I'm not shooting until you kill a bird. So if we're going out three different trips and you haven't shot a bird, hey, the gun's not even getting loaded until you shoot your first bird. Yeah, yeah, that's the way to do it, man. I, I know me. I'm gonna pull the trigger if I, if I know that gun is loaded and you miss that bird. I'm shooting it. Yeah, so I don't even <laughs> load it anymore. Yeah, that's that. That's that follow up. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let me let me make sure you got that guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> See, the, the trick is you shoot close enough to him, and then you're like, "Yeah, man, you hit that one." <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah, just making uh, sure he wasn't gonna dive. Yeah. 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 Man, the stacks of birds that were coming out of Pamlico Sound last year was just insane. Mm. Dude, I shot absolutely a, insane. I shot my first beautiful Drake redhead last year, and then uh, didn't go after him fast enough, and he dove, and I lost him forever. Oh man, I know. terrible! Shot him, didn't even get to get him, just because, like you said, they That's don't awful. die easy. No, these sea ducks hit the water. I don't even care if they're not moving. You're shooting them again. Yeah. <laughs> like, hit we're the not water, even risking Insurance. Another one yeah. in. I mean, we were, we, when I was with that guy last year, we shot some birds and we were on our way back to the boat dock and ducks were popping up next to the boat, like under the water. He's like, it's crippled. Shoot it, shoot it, shoot it. <laughs> <laughs> like somebody lost it. Just yeah. shoot it. Water whack that sucker, man. I love when people are like, Water whacking is not ethical. You're like, it's the most no. ethical ethical shot I'm ever gonna take Shoot right there. The water. <laughs> I tell you right now, if it's dead, it's in my stomach. I don't care how it got there. Yeah, <laughs> let me tell if you. If a bird flies over close enough, I'll catch him with a net. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> hey, my favorite duck is the one on the water. That's right. <laughs> yeah. No matter how it got there. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I'm excited as shit for this. Oh yeah, it's gonna be a good time. I can't. I love these calls too, dude. Man, these things look they're, amazing. They're I feel awesome. like I would royally screw one of these things up trying to do this. Yeah, it's it's really not as hard as you would think. It's the the difficult part is probably the lanyard band, where you have that area where the lanyard hooks up to it. Yeah, that real that, thin area. Man, that is the hardest part. Now, what are you are you are you using your uh, your triangle, your diamond blade or whatever for that? or Yeah, so I use a diamond. I mean, and it's itty-bitty. So not only do I have to go in, then I have to round off the edges with that exact blade. So yeah, we're okay. talking like a pinhole. You know, the size of a pinhead is what you're using to try to round those sides off. Jeez, hmm. dang. And then with the acrylic calls, any acrylic call, I go 120 for sandpaper for sanding. It's 120, 220, 400, 800, 1500, then 2000, and then yeah. I got to buff it. With yeah. the wood calls, with the wood calls, I go 120, 220, 400, and 800, and then I can normally get the, the finish on it perfect. But then the finish on them for any of the wood calls, I'm doing four different coats, and you got to let them both, every coat sit for about an hour to cure, and then yeah. that last coat is a 24 hour cure. Yeah, so, so you're not you're not putting the coat on like on the lathe. You're you're pulling that off the lathe and putting it on there. Yeah, so I have a couple pin like a like a wood board that I have that has pins on it, and I'll coat it there. But anytime if it's not elevated off the mouth part or where the ring is, then you have to go back and recoat those. Um, I've looked up a couple different ways, and I think I'm gonna try a new one. It's a uh, they basically put like wax, like beeswax in a mini crock pot yeah. and completely dunk it so you can get a true finish all on the inside. Okay. Uh, I've been running beeswax in the center of them just to, so it's not a big coat. It's not as shiny, but it, there's some coat in there. So it doesn't yeah, So get, yeah, you, you, you can know, feel it. You can feel how stuff. smooth it is there on the inside. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that also takes a lot of time too. 
So are you gonna you gonna eventually start running these uh, these end pieces on the lathe too, or? Yeah, once I can, I have a couple. Um, I just made my first one piece. I, I made it for Mike actually. Yeah. Uh, I made him a one piece all wood wood duck or wood duck call, and I made that out of a uh, zebra wood. And man, I put that thing on the lathe and I had it turned. I got the mouthpiece all perfect. And it shattered on me. Oh, man. And when I'm talking shattered, like, it, I have now I have a pair of safety glasses right next to that lathe because I had, I thought I was going to have a splinter in my eyeball. Mm. But <laughs> it just exploded. And I was like, well, there goes, you know, $65 in material right there. Yeah. Spent, mm. What are you so spending? It's just spinning a little too fast or? No, it, it got a little shallow on the, the hand grip. So kind of like right in here. Yeah. Right, right in this piece right here, I brought it a little bit shallow and it just got too thin. It was spinning too fast and it just, I mean, it was like shrapnel all over my garage. <laughs> I literally had a piece of wood stuck in the drywall. Thanks. Should have left it there. <laughs> it, it, well, I don't know if it's there anymore. I was trying to clean stuff up today, but it's a lot of fun, honestly. It's one of those things where like, I'm kind of a perfectionist. Yeah. So anytime something's wrong, I try to, I try to fix it as much as I can. But at that point, like there's, I'm, I'm not a professional guy, right? I'm not these people that have, there's, you have lathe setups where you can have one lathe hooked up to four other lathes. And however you're working the tool, it works it for all four lathes at the same time. Holy cow. And we're talking a bunch of money, you know? Oh yeah. we got you got echo calls and that's why a lot of those guys have gone to acrylic but they've gone to cast acrylic where okay. they just pour the acrylic in and then it's done and that's really all they have to do but i'd rather turn it by hand you know? i was gonna say man just just looking at these calls like the, the craftsmanship mean, that you put into these things like this call means a hell of a lot more to me than 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 something that somebody's gonna pour into yeah an acrylic mold and yeah i appreciate that you know but the big thing is, is that each one is unique. Yeah. Oh, most definitely. Yeah. Even though you try to replicate the same, maybe may try to replicate the same thing every time. They're all unique in their own way. Oh yeah. Because they are handmade. Yeah. There's, there's no, the only, I literally have three tools and they're, I mean, it's hours in the garage, you know, just, I, I was in here for so long, I went and bought a window AC unit to put in my garage because it was getting so dang hot. <laughs> <laughs> I understand that. Yeah. <laughs> we we actually just acquired a uh, a, a split unit yep. for the studio. Acquired. Oh, that's nice. So, yeah, we didn't pay for it. We, we acquired it. Tactfully acquired. I, I pretty much yeah. pulled it out of the dumpster at work. Yeah. <laughs> There, there's so much stuff coming out of the dumpster in here. We, we dove yeah. into that. Oh, <laughs> but, man, what are we sitting at time-wise, Jordan? Oh, hour and 24 minutes. Hour and 24 minutes. I don't think we warned you about the tip of the week. I don't think we did either. Yeah. So The, the tip of the week? Tip. I've been listening. Hey, I listen to all your guys' podcasts, so I oh, know it's coming. We appreciate coming. it. Well, that, don't, that, don't, that don't mean you remember because Briar's been here for probably 90% of them. He never remembers it's coming, so... Yeah, I had already forgot too. And you Wayman, know, I had. Wayman told me earlier to remember. So I was thinking about a tip of the week. I had something. I forgot what it was. Now. I don't have a tip of the week either. Dude, I love how you're. Uh, I just noticed your wood duck call that you're 
like second piece where the reed is, it's wood. It looks yeah, beautiful. This, this yeah. is wood. The most yeah. beautiful. It's all wood wood laminate. Yeah. So if what are you you're five and a half hours from Fort Stewart? Yeah, like five and a half, six yeah, hours. Yes, so we Fort put Stewart. in some we put in some permits that are within that general area of Georgia. Yeah. And uh each Saint person Mary's. yeah, each person gets two guests. Oh so, nice. If uh, well, if if enough of us get guests, yeah. yeah, it's a sweet I, hunt, man. Well, that 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 hunt that me and you went on, everybody that showed up got a so even people showed up. For, yeah, so it's it's still kind of like the SDAs too, where like yeah. you can show up, and if somebody had a permit that didn't show up, they'll draw names for that permit. Right. Yeah. So, so I mean, that's there's a six-hour that drive for a chance. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. If enough of us get permits, <laughs> and it's guaranteed. Yeah. We've all put in for it uh, yeah. all across multiple different hunts down there. And the thing is, too, if you do the six-hour drive and drag the boat, you can literally sit in the river right outside the WMA and just wax them out there in the river. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm all about traveling. I mean, I've gone – I haven't gone too far. I want to go to Texas just for a Sand Hill Crane hunt. Dude, that's – oh, my gosh. That is literally the most insane thing I've ever done in my life. And pintails and – I've yet to shoot a pintail, but the the sandhill crane hunts. We're supposed to be going out there for pintails in January. I, yeah, I hope so. I want. <clears throat> That's why we're going to Texas this year. There's uh, a place not far from y'all where you can get on some pintails. We're aware. Yeah, yeah, huh? yeah, <laughs> yeah. If they show yeah. up, I shot a. I went down there for what was it Thanksgiving? Yeah, I shot. I went down there for Thanksgiving, and I took my brother-in-law, his girlfriend, and my wife. We were sitting in the blind, and I kept whistling at them because I thought they were black belly whistlers because they were so high. And these two, I, I noticed it last second, these two birds turn around. Before I could even say anything about wait, 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 my wife fired a shot at the bull sprig, and it was, she missed. Uh, of, well, I'm not going to say of course, but she missed. <laughs> <laughs> and the hen was there, and I shot it, and I was I've never shot a pintail in my life. And we were sitting in the blind. I was like, start the boat. We're going to pick that bird up. I know what that is. Let's go right, right now. now. Yeah. That's like and when you shot that canvas back. Yeah. Yeah. I did. I was on a, I was, he should not have, I was in a wood duck hole and shot a, a Drake canvas back. He wasn't a stud. I mean, he was still young, but I got him mounted at the house because I, I, there's no way I've, I should have not seen a canvas pack in my wood duck hole. You water whacked yeah. the crap out of that bird. Oh, heck you? yeah, I did, son. Because <laughs> like, I saw him coming in and I was like, Bro, that's a Drake canvas back. And then he landed, and I was like, that's a Drake canvas back. <laughs> I was like, don't move. I'm shooting this bird. And the guy I had with me, it was his first time ever duck hunting. And I was like, after I shot, I was like freaking out. And I'm like, Where, I'm getting starting the boat right now. I'm moving. He's like, bro, why? What, why are you so that? excited? Why yeah. are you going crazy right now? I'm like, dude, because that bird, first off, shouldn't be here. And it really shouldn't be where we're at now. Like... Uh, that's going to the taxidermist, son. I didn't even know y'all had greenheads over there in Lake County. We don't. Where? Uh, Bradley yeah, we're shot one. Okay, yeah. So we're not Lake really County. supposed to. Uh, are they green? Are are they true mallards? Absolutely not. They're farm ducks. Yeah. Farm hey, golf it's course. Got ducks. a blue zip tie. That's jewelry. It don't matter to me. Hey, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> they're still. I mean, I can make a whole daggum uh, necklace full of those. There is. Let me go to Harbor Freight real quick. Yeah. Blue zip ties. Yeah. 
They they are slightly different. They're smaller in size. There's a little uh the way the they filter in the bills a little different. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I was up here and ups. Mike Mike sent me a picture of it and I was like, Where where did that come from? What is that? Yeah, dude, that's still a hell of a kill right there. Like yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I I'm not trying to discount the fact that he, he did shoot a mallard duck or a mallard ish duck. Uh, <laughs> but it it the feat in and of itself is great. Uh, yeah. but in the state of Florida, I mean, they're technically considered. You can shoot. Uh, you can shoot species? like actual mallard mallards in the panhandle, like wild oh, okay. mallards. Now, and that's still that's still a big feat in itself for that to happen in the panhandle. FWC. Well, you'll get some greenheads up here. FWC is actually legal to shoot. They're supposed to if they if they catch them, they're supposed to kill them. Yeah. Because they interbreed with the model population, dilute the genes, and yeah. yeah. Which you can actually get a permit to go kill golf course ducks, and now it's actually illegal now to bring in quote unquote mallards for your golf course in the state of Florida. Oh, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. I need to get that permit. No kidding, for real. Permit to pellet gun, baby. Yes, yeah, sir. Just a nuisance license, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. Gamo, whisper quiet. <laughs> but yeah there's we got a bunch of different birds up here too i mean we'll see a bunch of bluebills um or is it, are bluebills still one up there uh i honestly don't know i'd have to check i think it might be i'd have to check i right, know here in florida here in florida they're one seasons turn on and off up here too like chewing gum you know that they, they just decide oh i don't want to do it this time they spit it out and then they give you random dates if you're going to be the guide, uh, we fully expect you to to know this. All right. <laughs> so you're gonna to have to brush. I'm not up, a guide. Print I'm just some, a guy, man. Print some stuff out. <laughs> he said, uh, "Take the D off of that." Uh, <laughs> print some stuff out. Keep it in the boat. Something because uh, you know we don't want to be making any mistakes. Oh no, we we won't be doing all that. I'll know all that before we even get there. But all right, you guys want to roll into the tip of the week? Oh my gosh, yeah. I got one. I'll go ahead with it. Give it to me. Man, I'm going to steal this from a post I shared on Facebook today. All right. Don't get so busy making a living that you forget to live a life. Boy, you, that is, that's true. <clears throat> I saw it. There's a TikTok sound. They print, they'll always print money, but they can't print any more time. Yeah. Man, I I know last year I had my work had kind of the company I was working for had kind of gotten on to me and they're like, you, you know, you're taking off too much time and I was like, I'm not putting in vacation to uh, ask you if I can leave. I'm just gonna let you. I'm, what I'm doing is letting you know that I'm not gonna be there, right? <laughs> because like, even if the the time to like go hunt with you, man, if uh, if that wasn't approved, I'm just not gonna be there. <coughs> yeah. I'll be sick good. because the mem- yeah <laughs> the memories that we're gonna make up there aren't worth the time you know the money that I was gonna make it work yeah yeah I don't work for a living I work to live yeah there you go yeah that's what somebody asked me the other day about I said I was doing a my, I was getting paid salary and they were like so they want you to work outside of work and I was like I mean they would probably like me to but. 430 hits that company no longer owns me I God, am, that must be nice yeah 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the government you, owns you, son. That is that I is mean, one of the that is one of the greatest things about not being in the military anymore is the is the the knowing that well, I say that, but of course right now my phone could ring and then I'd be like, All right guys, I gotta get out of here. Uh <laughs> um but uh that only happens once every five weeks or so that I'm stuck on call. But um having that that freedom of to just do whatever i want like at one, once four o'clock hits i'm done nobody's gonna call me they, they call me and be like hey we need your help i'd be like yeah can't do that sorry you can't you, you, we i didn't have that freedom in the military you're just if they call you you got to be there i literally took leave on monday I was on leave yesterday and today, and I still would have had to go into work yesterday and today. Been there. <laughs> mm. yeah, been there, too. <laughs> Man, that's when you tell them you're going out of town, even if you're not. Yeah, I learned that lesson the hard way. Yeah. I get phone calls from the deer stand. I'm like, look, I'll be there when I can be there, but I'm hunting right I've gotten, now. I've gotten two text messages since we've been on here about work. <laughs> <laughs> and we started at 730, so this whole 430 thing is just like... Retirement, hurry up. Yeah. <laughs> See, they say that I'm, uh, you know, I work four tens, and then Sorry, they're like, "Dog, you want to work Friday?" And I'm like, "Double time? Yeah, I want to work Friday." <laughs> yeah, until, it, yeah, right now they now, they're trying to they're trying to get you to do that. They don't give you that all that double time over the summertime, but as soon as hunting season rolls around, they want you there every Friday. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what it is. Like, well, like really? I mean. Come I was like, I had planned season. to hunt or at least scout this Friday. Like, I'm, uh, I got plans Friday. I, I hate to tell you, but I'm not going to be here Friday. <laughs> <laughs> the paycheck's not. I had said it. something I'm, to somebody work. Spend money. I had said something to our project manager the other day at work. I was like, Yeah, man, I got all these. I'm gonna be in Georgia and North Carolina and Texas. And he's like, Man, I wish I'd get that time off work. I said, Brother, I'm just taking it. But <laughs> 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 I don't know what to tell you, but my dream is to. Uh, not work here my entire lifetime. <laughs> so I'll, I'll give you one. Uh, your tip of the week is to just get after it. You may not know how to do something. And like when you started with duck calls, you didn't know what you were doing for the most part to begin with, but you just got after it. And it gets you, it, you learn through experience. So you get there one way or another, but you can't, get anywhere until you literally just get after it make right. don't be afraid to make mistakes right that's the only way you're gonna learn yeah yeah learn i mean from, at least for me yeah the hard learn. way is the only way i ever learned so. yeah learn from your mistakes better off you can learn from somebody else's but who wants to go next we got briar go. we got josh give, give it to you go. briar so uh, i think it was yesterday the meat eaters came out with their new audio book that close calls. Mm-hmm. Oh, I seen that. And dude, I mean, a split second can change any hunt, any fishing trip. Be careful and be prepared. Yeah. For that situation. No, I mean, there's being prepared can, can, can mean life or death. Yeah. I mean, uh, a tourniquet, one tourniquet can save your life. It can save your buddy's life. It can save your family's life. In that situation, a simple tourniquet can save your life. A simple 
properly applied. Yeah. Tourniquet. I was yeah. going to say, <laughs> well, yeah, know how to but, apply one because I have, uh, I watched a video recently of, uh, it was, uh, some cops and they had gotten in an altercation with a guy and ended up shooting the guy in the neck and, uh, somebody, he tried to stab him. Somebody won't name who within the video, uh, applied a tourniquet to the neck. Oh my goodness. That's not a good idea. Yeah. No. So know how to know how yeah. to properly uh and when and where to uh, apply a tourniquet. If so, it's on if it's on an arm or a leg, you can put a tourniquet. If it's on a neck or the or the body cavity, you gotta pack pack that wound. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there was one one of the stories in the new one was a guy was out duck hunting and he shot himself. Accidentally it was him and the dog. I can't remember how exactly he shot himself, but that's beside the point. If he tried to put a tourniquet on and the tourniquet fell off a couple times on him. That tourniquet was not on near tight enough or secure. No, the tourniquet should hurt. Yes. I say you yeah. have to turn a, yes. a tourniquet about five turns past curse words. Yeah. It should hurt very bad. Yeah. And it should have like a full, you know, you can go online and, and buy like a nice tourniquet uh, that has the little handle and everything, and it has a Velcro thing on the tourniquet itself. So that you can secure that. Yeah. So it's you can a, secure your bar. Windless? It's called a windlass. Yeah. Yeah. But there you uh, go. I've, been, I've been trying to yeah, find somebody. we got somebody the firefighter with, right here with us. That I've been trying to find somebody with a wilderness first aid uh, to come on the podcast. Yeah. I reached out to a few people, but nobody emails me back. So if you're listening and you run a wilderness first aid course or a first aid course in general, and you would love to come on here and talk about first aid, let's do I, this. So, Josh, what's, what's the proper way to apply a term? My Sunday school teacher. High and tight. I'll, I'll talk to you about high and tight. Yeah. <laughs> well, it depends on where the injury is, right? You go, so if it's on the, we'll say calf below, you go up to the closest artery to the point above where that is. So if it's below the knee, you go above the knee, closest to that artery and tighten past. Like I said, high and tight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can't go wrong with high and tight. If I stick it in your groin and your calf's blown out, it's still going to stop the bleeding. Yeah. Unless it's a haircut, then you just look like a jarhead. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I can say that. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. All right, Josh, what do you got? Uh, my tip of the week would probably be there's never going to be a perfect time, so push past the uncomfortable stage, right? Because if you sit down and you're telling yourself, oh, it's raining outside, I probably shouldn't go run because I got I to gotta get in shape. Go run. Because if you're waiting for the perfect time, it's never going to happen. And if you can push past your uncomfortable stage, you're going to be in a comfortable stage where you realize I'm, what I'm doing is right. So that's I kind of just used that my my entire career. I'm getting old, man. I still can't be running these three miles and doing 25 pull-ups and doing all that. But, hey, if I don't get after it, it ain't going to happen. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Josh, before we let you go, where can everybody find Hattie's Game Calls? So right now it's just on Facebook. Um, it's just H A T T Y apostrophe S game calls. Um, once I get a little bit better, I'm going to try to work into some, you know, some turkey slate calls. I'm definitely going to work on those barrel whistles because those look, they don't seem too difficult, but it's going to take me a while to get used to it. So yeah. if you guys go back into the Under Pressure Outdoors Nation group. Uh, Jordan shared Hattie's game calls. Josh has come in and shared Hattie's game calls. Yeah, Josh shared a couple things. Hattie's game calls is part of the Under Pressure Outdoors group, correct? Or is it just you? 
Uh, I think it's both. I'm not sure. I honestly haven't really messed with Facebook that much, but I'll have to learn. So how you to you can join us as it. a join us as a page as well. Okay. Uh, so I encourage you to do so. And by all means, when you're making calls and stuff like that, if you're taking video and share it there, uh, let's get you some game calls sold. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate that. I got hats too. Yeah. Yeah. And there's some good looking hats. You get some yeah. Richardsons. We got the Richardson one twelve. This thing's comfortable yeah. as can be. Yeah. I like it. I took it off because I didn't want to sweat in it yet. I gotta get some of that spray <laughs> yeah. Justin was talking about. Yeah. It's getting a little hot in here. Yeah. Oh, it is hot as crap in here. And on that note, we'll catch you guys next week. Yeah, y'all have a good one. Yeah, I appreciate y'all having me on. I really do. Yeah, thank you for no joining problem. us.